0: Are you ready?
1: I think I am. I think I'm ready.
0: All right. <laughs> I'm just having, like, one of those days where literally every single thing that can go wrong just goes wrong. And everything that could go right goes wrong as well.
1: <laughs> well, I think we're, ha- like, we're having a shared bad luck day. Considering yeah,
0: Considering your luck with the computer and I've just been, like ever i'm i can't get anyone on the phone i can't get anything to work in person i can't get i'm like trying to record 16 things and working on projects for myself and working on projects for other people and like the things that i'm doing for other people though i'm though i love them and care very deeply about them like it's just like a lot of people asking me for things that either they don't need or they already have or asking me for help with things that, like, I'm not really a part of. So I'm, like, trying to find a way to <laughs> do everything I need to do for myself and also the things I have to do for other people.
1: <laughs> Yay, self-care.
0: I, there's no such thing. I haven't cared at all for myself. <laughs> I ordered Thai food and it's sitting on the counter. <laughs> uh, uh... <sighs> oh! Spooky listeners and welcome to another <laughs> minisode of my spooky gay family a slightly uh,
1: fraught minisode <laughs> yeah
0: i'm like i don't have i don't have anything going on in my brain right now right now it is all hands on dick but all the hands are useless everyone's just running around <laughs> like uh like a like a fucking muppet in a fire just like blah, hands everywhere <laughs> not, not doing anything um, oh my goodness so today I don't wanna waste a lot of time with uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> As one of the podcasts,
1: there will be no conversation.
0: You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like why why on a podcast would you waste time with conversation? Um I don't wanna I don't wanna jump into like a lot of our our things because uh we have a really cool mini sode today. Yes, uh, but do. before we do, just real quick, how are you doing? Are you doing okay?
1: I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't talked since last week, so I figured <laughs> I would just check in and see how you're doing. No, I sent you ahead. some cool stuff. Yes, you did. Uh, I Someone shared with me, I can't remember who it was. I think it was someone in the uh, Asbury Park Countdown to Halloween group mm-hmm. um, shared this table that someone had made that was like, it was a coffee table but it was Jason in the in Camp Crystal Lake so the it top did look of really it cool. It was really cool. It was like all like splintered wood like a dock and then the middle was cut out and there was like a a resin or a glass um cover and then under the glass was just like Jason flat on his back looking straight up. It was really cool. One of these days maybe I'll I'll find it in in me to give it a shot (laughs) 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 to make you one. That'll be your birthday present in 2032.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you're starting next week.
0: I'll be, I'm starting today and we will not be done until 2032. Um, I had very weird dreams last night. I had a dream that I was being chased by Freddy Krueger, but he didn't, he was like, you know how Freddy can like be anyone until he doesn't want to be that person? Yeah. So I knew this guy was Freddy Krueger, but he didn't look like Freddy Krueger. And I was like, he is definitely like Freddy Krueger and he's trying to kill me. And like, he had this big black, like scary looking, like military truck. And it was just, it was very stressful. It was That's a very stressful dream. That's
1: kind of funny. I had a Freddy dream like a week ago. Did you? Yeah, I did.
0: I wonder what that means. It means apparently
1: we're all going to (laughs) die.
0: What was your Freddy dream?
1: Oh, it was your pretty much your standard, like.
0: Standard Freddy.
1: You know, I'm going to claw your eyes out with my razor fingers. Mm. I feel like a
0: Freddy dream is worse than any other dream because it's like. There's a part of your there's a part of your consciousness that even in the midst of a nightmare, unless it's truly one of those like awful vivid ones, like you kind of are Mm -hmm. always vaguely conscious of the fact that things aren't real. But it's like, well, this could be real because this is where Freddy would be. Freddy would be in my (laughs) dreams.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a little like, you know. Standing on the edge of a lake and seeing a big tall guy with a machete over there. It's just a little bit like, well, this makes sense, actually.
0: (laughs) But in the worst possible way. But in the worst
1: possible way. In the (laughs) I'm totally fucked kind of way.
0: Yeah, in the this is not going to end well for anyone kind of way. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of not ending well for anyone, let's talk about uh, what we're doing with our minisodes for the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, Bad Dreams is a good way to start, actually, considering that's how the series starts.
0: Literally, the moment it starts, bad yeah. dreams.
1: So we're doing the haunting of Hill House.
0: Yeah, this is a watch along. <laughs> so if you haven't watched the first episode of the haunting of Hill House, uh, don't listen to this. Yeah, because uh, spoiler alert: there will be spoilers. We're going to talk about yeah, we're talking about literally all of it. Um, so why don't we why don't we jump right in? Okay. Uh, well, f- let's let's start with a little bit about the haunting of Hill House. This is based on a a short story, a short horror story. Well, it's story. a
1: novel, actually.
0: Oh, I thought it was a short story.
1: Nope, it's a novel um, by Shirley Jackson.
0: Well, this is going to be the most informed podcast you have ever listened to. <laughs> uh, so I I didn't realize it was a novel, which, by the way, I still have not read. It's okay. I forgive you. Does the novel have the the wording that is in the beginning of this episode
1: yes that that narration that we hear from steve in the very beginning that no Mm -hmm. live organism can exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality is actually the first it's the opening line to the novel
0: that was i i had an inclination that that was probably the case because i was like it's such a specific phrase that i was like this has to be from from the story
1: yeah, and the first the first line of this novel is like a paragraph long. It's all one sentence. There's like commas <laughs> and semicolons everywhere. And it is it is the most beautiful run-on sentence that I have ever heard in my entire life.
0: And you can hear it in the first episode of <laughs> the Yes, Hauntful you can. House. Just press play and it's all yours. Just press play. Um, I know that this is your favorite, if not like one of your favorites, if not your favorite uh horror novel, right?
1: Um, it is my favorite. Yes,
0: your favorite horror novel. It is my
1: very favorite one.
0: Before we like obviously jump in, jump into the episode and start uh, analyzing this this series. Do you think having because you and I have both watched the entire series before?
1: Yeah, this is a rewatch.
0: Do you think that the series is relatively faithful to the story in the novel?
1: Oh, not a single bit. It's not, it has <laughs> nothing to do with, like, <laughs> it's not even vaguely there's, reminiscent. There's a bunch of, like, little Easter eggs in there that are definitely from the novel, but mm. the plot is completely 100% different. It has nothing to do with the events of the novel. So if you haven't read The Haunting of Hill House and you're sitting here going, Well, I watched the show, I don't need to, you're completely 100% wrong. You need to read the novel because it's a completely different story.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna give the I'm gonna find the audiobook because that is the only way I read books these days because I'm so busy. I need to find an audiobook of The Haunting of Hill House and give it a shot.
1: You do. Um I recommend the one that's on Audible. It's very well narrated.
0: Who narrates it? Do you know?
1: I don't know the name of the woman off the top of my head, no. Mm. Well, but she did a great job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's wonderful.
1: I have no idea who she is.
0: No. <laughs> That's like the story of my career. She's wonderful, but I have no idea who she is. <laughs> I will tell you that my first experience with this story uh actually was The Haunting. Yeah, which also bears I'm sure very little resemblance to the original story. Um it's closer. Really? Yeah. I'm very inter- I don't want you to spoil it for me, but I'm very interested to know what about the haunting is like the original story. Okay. Because it can't be the whole sleep study thing, right?
1: No, it's not the sleep study thing. Um they but changed the stuff.
0: Does it have to do with Eleanor coming back to her roots in the house?
1: No, not exactly. They made a lot of that shit up. Um
0: which, funny enough, was kind of used again in this telling of the story.
1: It was, but I feel like it was done better this way. Like, way better. Yeah.
0: I mean, I agree. Although I will say that, you know, I mean, The Haunting came out when I was very young. So I guess I have kind of a warped love for that movie. Um,
1: Oh, I love that movie. I just, I think that this one is better done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Because that was one of my notes, is that, like, the tone of, of this movie is really well crafted I think that there are there are some really high highs in this series and there are some relatively low lows but um generally speaking that they nailed the tone uh, at least in the the creation of of this the cinematography is so eerie and all the easter eggs that I'm sure we will get into later about like there being ghosts hidden in the background of of scenes that people totally missed. Yeah. Um, the, the, the storytelling in this series is particularly well done. So I want to start off by saying how much I love that.
1: I love everything about the series. I'm not going to lie. Like, we might disagree on a handful of things over the next 10 weeks because <laughs> I... I walked into this, A, knowing it had nothing to do with the novel and expecting to totally hate it because of that. Mm. And I've never, I've never loved something so much on First Watch. Really? Really. Like, I I love the storytelling. I love the dialogue. I love everything about it.
0: I do. I, I mean, I ended up. Like, if we're looking at the long form, like, like the, yeah. the overarching feelings towards this story. I really enjoyed this series. I thought it was really good. Um, I I do think that there are some problems with it, but I, I had a really interesting, um, a a friend of mine in New York City who is a, a famous actress. Her name is Bianca Lee. Um, she was talking about her love because she watched, uh, what is that remake of the, the 70s um, the 70s TV show they made into a horror movie. Oh, Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. They She watched Fantasy Island and she was like, listen, it's not great, but something I don't know how to explain to people is that I loved this movie because it is not great. Like it has really wonderful things and it has really bad things, but I love it for that. And I think that that's something, that's an emotion I think, every horror fan has, is that we all have those things that aren't perfect, but we love them, not just in spite of those things, but because of them.
1: No, I think that's fair. I mean, I've watched Relic more than once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I watched it l- literally like a couple of weeks ago because there was nothing else on, on, <laughs> on TV. So I was like, well, I'll watch the Relic. <laughs> I... I will agree. I like the book much better of The Relic than I like, um, the movie, but I will say it's an enjoyable movie.
1: But anyway, haunting of Hill House.
0: (laughs) So let's start at the very top. I'm going to ask the question that I think anyone would ask upon first viewing of this, this episode. We're starting with episode one, clearly, um... I'm going to ask the question that I think is the elephant in the room that nobody has asked. Um are are we just not going to talk about the fact that this house is kind of worth the crazy? <laughs> like this is a beautiful beautiful house.
1: I mean, it's a beautiful house until you realize what happened there in episode 10, I think we finally find out. Oh, who
0: cares? Listen, I will live with the ghosts. Give me the ghosts. I will live in this house. This is a gorgeous, this is like my dream home. I will live with all the murderous ghosts. You want to deal with the bent neck lady? Oh, bent neck? She, I'll make room, I'll make room in bed. Like, let's go, (laughs) bent neck. Get get in bed, (laughs) bent neck. Didn't you have that feeling? I I can't imagine that you it's, and I have a very similar aesthetic. It's a aesthetic. gorgeous house, but I think that that's
1: kind of the f- that's kind of the fun of it is that it is this really beautiful old house and like Yeah.
0: but it's terrible.
1: But everything inside it is awful. Everything <laughs> is awful. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um yeah, I I mean that was my first thought watching this show. I was like this is this is clearly the most beautiful house anyone will ever look at. Ever,
1: red room that you can't open at all.
0: I I will take the red room. I will gladly go into the red room. <laughs> the red room will, I will take go, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the red room will go inside of you. But um, but um, so we're starting at the very top of the episode. Obviously, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Waking up to a baby crying is probably the most horrible, horrifying thing ever. Um, uh, hell it, yeah! it turns out to be Nell, but for that first few seconds, when Steven gets out of bed and you're like, why the fuck are you walking through this dark, beautiful, creepy house looking for a crying child? Like, I can't think of a worse fucking thing to do.
1: Also <clears> not for <throat> nothing, like Theo gets up too, and I'm just sitting here thinking like, I had siblings. If I heard one of my younger siblings crying in the middle of the night, it was like, shut the fuck up. I didn't like like get up to go see if you were okay it was like a oh my god roll over put the pillow over my head
0: I know I never went to check I do think that I guess maybe because they were in a new house like it's a house that none of them are familiar with they don't know what the sound is it could be Nell it could be a ghost who knows could be both ooh Foreshadowing. Um, Yeah, I was not a fan of the scary crying. Um, But I will say that the conversation that Nell has with the dad afterwards is actually a really well-written scene, which I will come back to later.
1: I... (laughs) I think it's very strange sometimes to see parenting in horror media done right. And Mr. Crane is actually a pretty good dad in this show.
0: I know. Like, G- like <laughs> overall speaking. Yeah. <laughs> We're not like, even talking about just this very moment. He, like, he is a generally good dad, which is something that is few and far between in the horror genre.
1: <laughs> like, for real. And when he's sitting there and he's explaining that, like, dreams can spill over and things like that. I'm sitting here going, like, that's actually, like, a really sweet way of, like, explaining this to a kid I mean you're wrong (laughs) you're a hundred percent (laughs) wrong
0: he is but like generally speaking like I was like oh my god this is advice I should remember if I ever choose to have kids which I won't but I like if I ever had a kid like that's the most excellent way to explain to them that like you know it's easy to be afraid of something because you know your imagination can creep into the world. Your, your imagination affects your perception of what's going on around you. And so, like, trying to sue the child by, exp- like you said, explaining the dreams spill over into reality and, and kids have this ocean of dreams, and the, so the, the spilling is even bigger. I thought it was such a really well-written moment and such a great parenting like, moment, I, I really had a lot of respect for Hugh in that moment.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Especially considering what happens later where I have mi- middling respect for Hugh. Like, I understand exactly what's happening, but, like, at the same time.
0: <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Because there's so when many he's Hugh like, moments. When,
1: when he's, like, packing the kids into the car and, like, running oh, out yeah. with Steven And it's, it's like, <laughs> dude, like... You're not even like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what could he do though?
1: I know. It's just he's running and like Steven's like 10 feet behind him and like he's not even looking back. He's just like, okay, let's go. We're going. We're going right well, now. Well, no, he picks him up. Yeah, but then he puts him down on the stairs and starts going. Like <laughs> he drops that kid at like halfway down the stairs and starts running and is like a good yeah. five or six feet ahead of him at that point.
0: Not that. Yeah, he, I mean. Th- that kid was like 12. He's got to be heavy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> or like 10 to 12, right? I would say for Steven at that point. Yeah,
1: somewhere somewhere in there. But, somewhere in
0: that vicinity.
1: But so for those of you who just watched this, clearly we're talking about the ce- the sequence with the kids. There are two different timelines happening here. We have the way they frame it in the show is Hill House then and Hill House now. But, oh yeah, like,
0: and I think it's a. I think it's effective. One of the things I wanted to ask you about this is
1: yeah,
0: I. I mean clearly we are. Pro- I'm. I'm sure that this element is not a part of the original story, right?
1: No, it's not. Everything happens in one timeline.
0: In one timeline, um, can you without like giving too many details. Tell me like generally what the original story is about.
1: It's very similar to The Haunting. Essentially, um, a college professor wants to prove the existence of ghosts and Hill House is supposed to be like the most haunted house in America. Mm -hmm. So he invites um, two people in the in the story. It's Theo and Nell um, to go to this house. They supposedly have some kind of psychic ability and he's hoping that they'll trigger some activity that they can they can then study.
0: So it's just the professor, Theo, and Nell.
1: Um, Luke is also in the original story, but he's there because his family owns the house.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. All right. I, I'm really into that. I could get, I could very much get into this story. I think I'm going to give it a shot. I think you should. Um. So the next thing, obviously after the, the father quells Nell's yeah. fears she goes back to sleep and then we get the first kind of image of the bent neck lady <laughs> yeah and
1: it's like just like over her head while she's sleeping and it's like yeah
0: like well, oh my and, god and it's it's actually like behind her it's like yeah. coming out of the shadows and it's so again like this is the part of the show i really enjoyed their their first establishing moment of this family is so well done um and it They really nail the creep factor because it's like the creepiness of this house and the newness of it and the unfamiliarity of it and the how young the children are and how naive the parents are. It's like they really nail it without kind of delving too far into tropes and stereotypes. Um,
1: Yeah. And you're telling the viewer it's like, listen, like buckle up because these people are in for a rough ride.
0: Yeah. They're they're not pulling any punches right from the get go. No, in in episode one, and that was something I really uh, loved about it. I I think that I had mixed feelings about the scares in this show because some of them are done very well. Like the first time you full on see bent neck lady in this episode, yeah, um, really well done scare. Then you have some of the jump scares. That I think this show...
1: Like the car horns and like... Yeah, the car
0: yeah. horn. Uh, the car horn, I thought, was like kind of a... I don't want to say a cheap shot because obviously like there's some of everything in in the horror genre. You know, you sometimes you have the warranted ones. Sometimes you have the ones that aren't warranted. But I I know we talk about it all the time how big a fan I am of Halloween. But that's kind of what I liked about Halloween is that every time you were scared, it was for a good reason. Yeah, And there was a part of me that felt like this show really could have leaned into that. But again, I enjoy the show and I, th- I like it for what it is. I think my personal taste is that I would have liked, especially when you have such a rich story, a story that's so ripe for har- for scares. Like there was no shortage of opportunity. There was no need to have the false, like the fake out.
1: Yeah, no, like there, there really wasn't, especially because like, even if you had just, shown me something in that moment like even if like he looked up and you know show me what she said that she saw Mm -hmm. you know like just show it to me because like he can then just shake his head and go okay whatever yeah like you i don't have to know that i don't have to think that it's real for it to be a scary shot and like you've primed me so much with her telling that story that like i'm i'm ready to see it anyway
0: exactly yeah
1: so like you may as well go the whole hog (laughs)
0: <laughs> how dare you talk about Lady Bunny when she's not here um, <laughs> yeah I, I I agree like it's like I said I really don't think there's any shortage of scares in this in this story so I would have liked to have seen more of the scares be substantial but I, I'm i not mad at it I, I don't get upset by it the thing that upsets me a little bit in this story yeah, is more the way the dialogue is written in this okay. telling of the story. Um, I had a I had kind of a hard time with with some of it because like it's like the scene with with Shirley, because now we're kind of jumping back and forth yeah. between them as adults and them as children. When Shirley is an adult, she obviously is a mortician and she works in a, a funeral home. And she has this moment where, like, that is established for us by her meeting with this family. And she's talking to this little kid and she's trying to explain to this kid why, like, having an open casket uh, viewing is important and helpful. And this kid is like, uh, she's like, what does she say to him? She says, uh, uh, the kid says, he's talking about his dead grandma and he's like, grandma hasn't gone away. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, she still sits at the end of my bed and, and looks at me while I'm sleeping and strokes my hair and does all this shit. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah. And her eyes must hurt. And she's like, why? And he's like, cause she never blinks. And it's like, Uh, okay (laughs) (laughs) kind of like i get that we're kind of cementing the idea of like kids seeing ghosts and doing all that but it was like yeah
1: and creepy kid ghost stories are always a staple of these things so
0: yeah but it was like i don't know if it was the delivery of the kid or the way the line was written but like it just kind of felt like oh okay whatever (laughs) her eyes must hurt it was like okay (laughs) um, uh, she's dead so i i don't know uh and, and then he's like, oh, it's because she never blinks. Like, like, I think there was a way for him to point out that she didn't blink without it being like, oh, her eyes must hurt. And I get that they were going for like the childish understanding of the world, but yeah. it just felt kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, kid, you're an idiot. Like, we don't, no, one, no one was really investing too much in this kid's story.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's really mostly there for us to see Shirley kind of being compassionate.
0: Yeah, because for the rest of the
1: episode, we see Shirley being angry.
0: Well, yeah, again, kind of one of the faults, I think, with her character, because Shirley is a great character and a great tool. But I feel like sometimes there are a lot of ways where, like, she's kind of one note.
1: I mean, I am going to say that one of the um, sort of, I don't know if I want to say it's a fan theory, because I believe Mike Flanagan, the director, talked about this, is that each of the five siblings are a stage of grief.
0: Yeah, I heard Shirley that. And Shirley is anger. Mm-hmm.
1: So it would make sense that they're a little bit one note sometimes because they're serving that sort of narrative purpose.
0: Yeah, I get that. But I did think it was interesting, though, um, Watching this, it hadn't dawned on me the first time I watched it. There are five kids in this family. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what other are, family has five kids and in there a haunted family? Five house?
1: kids in our family.
0: I know, and it's so strange because I was like, oh, that's that's Sam. Oh, that's Jess. Oh, that's me. Like <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I definitely see I definitely see the uh, the elements of everybody. In this family.
1: <laughs> and there's gay in this family, too. I mean, we can't go much there further is a without, little bit of gay, uh, without talking about of
0: Theo. Theo, let's talk about her and her serial killer gloves. Uh, <laughs> we are introduced to Theo when she goes out clubbing and she meets a girl and brings her home. And we find out that she lives in like the... Um, the like
1: guest house to the funeral home. The guest home. house
0: of the funeral home, yeah. Uh, did... I imagine that this was probably one of the things that really endeared you to this series.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it is a little bit like, oh, I've been giving for so long, and finally, I get to receive. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> but I'm um, um. Theo she, said she, the same she, thing. Yes, yeah, she
1: she is a giver.
0: She is a giver. Yes, you are. So, does that make you the Theo?
1: I don't think that I'm the Theo. Um, I don't. I also haven't given a whole hell of a lot of thought as to who maps onto what.
0: It's it's very difficult because it's very um, it's complicated because we, uh, again, like the youngest two are are twins. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, there's the obvious temptation to say that Bob and Kevin are Nell and Luke. I think they would be insulted if I said who I thought was who. (laughs) (laughs) Although I will say, I do think that um, Bob does have a lot of Nell in him because Bob is very um, caring and imaginative and is very much the caregiver. And uh, Kevin has a lot of Luke in him in that he also... I, I think in a lot of ways has has been the caregiver to Bob. Like the way they care for each other is very much Bob and Kevin's relationship. Nell is always there taking care of Luke and Luke is always there taking care of Nell. and Bob is always taking care of Kevin and Kevin is always caring for Bob. They have that kind of twin twinicity, whatever you want to call it, that yeah. twinship. <laughs> <laughs> um I pegged you for Shirley. So we're just going to go by birth order then? It's strange though, because it kind of works out. Like you are surely very much in the way you kind of crave the normalcy, but you also have this morbid fascination with things. And you have even expressed in the past that you would have an interest in being a mortician. Like you, you have that very much. And Jess is the, the oldest, most like logical, this can't, this has to be this way because that's the way the world works and blah, 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 blah. And I've always kind of been the rebel middle child suffering from middle child syndrome. Like (laughs) we, we, it's eerie how easily our family mapped onto this one (laughs) and Bob and Kevin are going to write me the most heinous text messages in the years probably <laughs> i know I, also and I jessica want to isn't know.
1: an asshole and stephen's kind of an asshole
0: well we'll get to that because that was something i wrote down yeah. but i also want to say that kevin is not uh kevin does not struggle with the same struggles no. that luke struggles with obviously but um that was that was kind of uh, this is all a very loose mapping so you kind of have to take what you what you can from it and and give the rest back
1: and but you're not f- a very attractive lesbian
0: well i i think i would be
1: i didn't say you wouldn't
0: be if i, I just was said a that lesbian. you weren't i'm i, I wear gloves sometimes <laughs> I'm, I'm careless don't you? and and selfish <laughs> <laughs> um it's funny you brought up what you said about Stephen, though because literally my note for Uh, Steven is adult. Steven is the douchebag dad in literally every horror movie ever. (laughs) 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 Adult Steven is such a fucking D bag. I can't like, he is such an asshole. The whole thing with him and, and that, that woman who lost her husband, it's like, and I, I get it. He's denial, obviously.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that is very apparent in his character. And actually, I think what happens with him and Nell at the end of the episode is probably the best ending of any of the episodes in the series.
1: I would argue in favor of one other one, which I think that you know what it is.
0: But I do. Yes.
1: But no, it's it's a wonderful ending. If nothing else, like his selfish ass getting the the shit scared out of him. Made and him also it kind
0: of. <laughs> Well, and it ties into what he was saying earlier in the episode, like, "Oh, I've never seen a ghost. I've never seen a ghost." And then, very clearly, it happens.
1: Well, the title of episode one is "Stephen Sees a Ghost." Yeah. So it's like <laughs> it's fitting. <laughs> and you think, and you think the whole time it's going to be in that lady's apartment. Wait, which lady's apartment? The lady who's telling him the story. The lady who has oh, right, husband died. Oh right, right, died. right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. No,
1: yes. the whole time you think it's going to be there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You always think you thought it was gonna be that woman's and I felt so bad for that lady, I have to say. I did too.
1: And honestly, like kudos to that actress because that story creeped me out. And that wasn't something that I was I expecting to like, like major thumbs up to that actress because she pulled that off brilliantly.
0: I know. She really did a great, she really did a great, uh, a really great job um telling that story and making that character memorable. Because a character like that can kind of come and go, yeah. Um, but that, but that one really kind of sticks with you. And I remember her even from the first time I watched it, and this has to be like over a year ago at this point, right?
1: Yeah, but she's just she's very genuine, and you really you you like yeah. her a lot. Especially it makes since, me wish
0: I knew the actress's name. Especially <laughs> since you don't like Stephen,
1: so there has to be one
0: likable person in there. I will say this. I don't dislike Steven, but I dislike a lot of the things that Steven does because. He's he's not evil, he's not bad, but he he clearly is processing his experience much differently than the other people. Yes. Like I don't dislike him any more than I dislike Shirley.
1: No, I I want to be clear that like I don't hate Steven. I just there are a lot of moments in the series where I am frustrated by his behavior.
0: Yeah, he's the, he's the obstacle that they're all facing, you know, yeah. because he's, he's being the douchebag dad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's a complicated character, Stephen. I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tear him down. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving right along. Uh, I will say one of the things, cause we talked about the dad, Hugh. The dad. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: one of the creepiest moments in this entire episode for me is when he wakes up in bed, right oh, before yeah. Theo calls him, or, or not Nell. Theo. Um, Nell yeah. calls him. Uh, that is probably one of the creepiest things that happens in this episode.
1: It's kind of terrifying. Like, if nothing else, like all it reminds me of is fucking Zelda from Pet Cemetery.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, there is nothing creepier
1: than Zelda from Pet Cemetery.
0: I know. (laughs) So it's like. uh... (laughs) It is eerily reminiscent.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but then then he has that phone call with Nell and that is such a heartbreaking phone call.
0: And that actress is so good. The actress who plays Nell is so lovable. And like, I think anyone who has a sibling has had that. That sibling who like cares too much about everybody and loves everybody, and it's like they've just really struggled to to handle everything, and so like everyone's had that moment where you've had to be like, oh no, not it like what's the matter, Nell? And then you pick up the phone, you're like, oh, something's real like really bad, (laughs) (laughs) like something's real bad. Got to call Nell. Everybody get on the phone with Nell.
1: no i know but that that whole conversation where she's just like where she like i think the last thing she says is i love you daddy and then like she knows perfectly yeah. well where she is and where she's going and probably and it's like, how
0: it's going to and end most
1: likely how it's going to end
0: and, and that's like, something i really love the way they set up nell's storyline for this series because that moment obviously is not explained for quite a while but um The moment of her like dancing through the house and all of that, it's like so creepy.
1: So creepy. And also like you're sitting here going like, oh, she is fucking cuckoo bananas.
0: Yeah. Like you're like, oh, this this person is clearly mentally ill and is clearly suffering from something and yada, yada, yada. And but that's kind of the beauty of her storyline is it creates this. Is she, isn't she that we go through for the rest of the series?
1: Yeah. And then, of course, we see her again at the end of the episode. Briefly. Yes.
0: <laughs> Very briefly. <laughs> um, it, and again, this actress is so skilled. I, I wish I knew her name because um, I don't...
1: I believe her name is Victoria Padretti.
0: Victoria Pedretti, I have nothing but nice things to say about you because she in a wordless way conveys everything you expect her to be thinking and feeling in that moment because i think there's a part of you anyone who's watching this even if you haven't seen it before who goes oh she's dead oh, yeah. <laughs> like like this is a ghost steven is seeing a ghost and you see the heartache and the the being torn and and what it is about nell that we spend the rest of the series searching for and experiencing
1: Yes. And she's just she's she's got that like rage face on, too. It's like that. I'm about to cry and I'm not sure if it's because I'm sad or angry. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> like, just the second he puts the phone down, like Hugh says she's dead. He puts the phone down and is just like, wait a minute, what? And then and she's uh, like, I
0: tried to fucking tell you. And, and it's, yeah, And it's like, bitch
1: didn't answer my fucking call. That's what happens when you leave Nell on red.
0: (laughs) Poor Nell. I know. I wonder how often they leave her on on red. I feel like. You get the impression that it's a lot. It probably is. I feel like uh, all of us are Nell to Bob. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Bob never answers his fucking phone. I I was like we are all the nell to Bob. <laughs> we should get Bob on to talk about uh one of these episodes.
1: I would be thrilled for that. Hmm. I think that that would be a great idea. I think it should be episode 9. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but why? Um before we, because this is a mini-sode, we do yeah. have to wrap it up relatively soon. But before we do, I want to talk about one other person in this entire episode. Okay. And it is someone who is very important to the episode. Yes. It is the one and only Mrs. Dudley.
1: Mrs. Dudley! <laughs>
0: I was the night.
1: so happy
0: in the dark when when she said <laughs> when she in the, night, said, in the, in the night in the dark I'm like yes <laughs> I literally I wrote in all caps in my notes in the night in the dark like, it just says in the night in the dark because I was like oh there she is we've been waiting for it
1: and it's also like we're getting a younger Mrs. Dudley we're getting like mm-hmm. weird church lady Mrs. Dudley and I fucking yeah. love
0: it I love the way the character is written, I will say, and no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. I don't particularly care for this actress. Uh, I was not a big fan of her portrayal of the character. I thought I it felt to me like she wanted to be um, the caretaker from the others, but she just wasn't. That's how she felt to me.
1: I guess that's fair. I I thought she did fine.
0: She did fine, but it wasn't like good. <laughs> That's I guess that's where I'm going with it. Like, that's fine. it's fine. It's not good. I think she could have been a much more um, severe character. And I think she probably should have been.
1: You know, she does kind of seem like Mrs. Dudley has kind of a softer side. Of course, we'll get into that later.
0: I mean, it's it's obvious why she's not, not in this moment, but yeah. later it is obvious why she has a softer side. But it, I think that softer side would be more effective if she was harsher... Especially in this scene, because here's this church lady like yelling at this little boy. Do you know your whatever it is your Corinthians or your your Psalms or whatever? the I think fuck she, she asks says him, him if
1: he knows the Gospels.
0: Gospel, the Gospels. Yeah. Um. And and then the mom comes in. And by the way, Stephen must be the most well read fucking nine year old in the fucking world. Like for she's real. like he reads he reads. Uh, Shakespeare and Thoreau and he reads the, he read the Quran and he's fluent in Buddhism and he's Christian and he knows Christian. I'm like, what the fuck is this kid reading? Like I, I, you were lucky if I read the one book I had to read for summer reading when I was, when I was 10, (laughs) like this kid. And, and he starts quoting Shakespeare. I was like, fuck you, fuck this, fuck this nonsense. This kid has not read all this shit. He's like, he's like quoting uh, fucking Winston Churchill. He's like, uh, and we're like, no, no, this is not happening. I'm done with you, Stephen. You don't, you have not read any of this shit. And you may, you might've made your mother think you did, but you did not.
1: Well, he learned that one line from Hamlet.
0: The one Hamlet line. Everyone knows one line from Hamlet. (laughs) Everybody does. (laughs) You're not special, Stephen. You are not special in any fucking way. Um, one thing I will say, though, about the the kids versus the adults, and I'm interested to hear your take on this before we go, because this will probably be the last thing uh, we have a chance to talk about. Do you think that the idea of having the kids story and the adult story being told simultaneously kind of creates a... Julie and Julia situation. Did you ever feel that way where it's like we really could have just had the kids story? We didn't need the adults.
1: Uh, no, because I was enjoying the adult storyline. I think I I enjoy both storylines kind of equally. I think that there might have been something to be said for doing. Like. If you were going to split them, I would say then the season two would have had to be the adult s- storyline, but I like the way they tied everything together this way. Yeah. Like, I th- I think that this way works.
0: I will agree. I think in, in watching the episode and in rewatching the episode at the time, I had that feeling where I was like, this could have just been the kid's storyline because I really don't care about the adults. But then when you find out later on how the stories are intertwined... It becomes more worth it. But I will say in the first episode, I did have a hard time seeing past the like, ah, I'm not really interested in all this like adult drama. See, I yeah, really like could have just gone. I could have just gone for the ghost story uh, personally. But like, I lo- when you know what you know later on, it becomes more interesting. And I don't want to get into it because we're yeah. going to discuss it in, in, obviously next week's episode and episodes yes. after, but I will say that that made it, it made it more interesting to know where it's going for me.
1: That's fair. <laughs> I, 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 I got nothing.
0: Do you, do you think, do you think it would have been as successful if they had, uh, done the second season as the adults and the first season as the kids?
1: I don't think so because I think that, If we spend too much time in the house, it loses a little bit of the mystery. Mm. And I think that we would have gotten sort of oversaturated with creepy ghost shit by episode three. You kind of need those beats of the the adult drama and the adult trouble to kind of give you a minute to breathe. And then we go back in.
0: I think that's a fair criticism, though, because like. I agree. I think it would have been too much to do a full 10 episode series of of that house. I would love to see a movie of that house as with them as kids. But I do think that having having it split up does kind of make it more interesting. I think so, too. Have you heard anything about what the second season is supposed to be? Um,
1: it's going to be the haunting of Bly Manor. We're doing Turning of the Screw, though I don't think that, or the Turn of the Screw, rather. But um, I think it's going to be kind of similar to this in that we're not following the storyline of the novel.
0: Hmm, it's another novel I haven't read, so it won't make a look a difference to me. (laughs) Have you read the haunting of Bly Manor?
1: I have read the Turn of the Screw. Yes.
0: Oh, that's what I meant. It's okay. No, you're uh, fine. Just had a stroke. Um, Is it good?
1: It is good. It's it's very different. I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to do this.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, but I'm uh, uh, again, I'm going in blind, so I have no idea. I have no frame of reference for what I should expect. (laughs) (laughs) Is it as creepy and ghosty?
1: I think it is. I, I think it's I think it could be done very, very well.
0: Well, here's to hoping. Yep. <laughs> All right, kids, that's the first episode of uh, The Haunting of Hill House. I know that there's still a lot to to talk about, so please let us know what, uh, what your favorite part of this episode was, because we have quite a few. What was your favorite episode of this, or favorite part of this episode?
1: I think my favorite part of this episode is the first time you see the bent neck lady, like truly.
0: Yeah, agreed. When you see her floating over Nell when she's laying on the couch.
1: Yeah, no, that still creeps me out. Like even now, like this is like the third time I've watched this and it's like I still have to to kind of be like, uh, when I watch it.
0: So it's It's a lot. uh, I will say I like I said, I had seen this before, but rewatching it, I wasn't any less scared, anxious or scared. Yeah. It like the 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 scares are done very well. I will give them that. Okay. <laughs> All right, kids, that's it for this week's minisode about The Haunting of Hill House. Let us know which parts uh, are your favorites and what your thoughts on this episode were. And if you have any questions or requests about episode two that you'd like us to address in the episode, please let us know and we will be looking for them. Reach out to us at SpookyGayFam at gmail.com or on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we I don't think we have a Tumblr, right? I
1: ask um,
0: this every not time. Not anymore No, not anymore. <laughs> she's gone. she, she went, the, she, she yeah, went she, she's, she's in she's the gone. red room. <laughs> That's it for us kids. Uh, there is a new episode out on Thursday, so until then, stay spoopy and remember.:
1: No one would live nearer than town. No one will come any nearer than that. So yes, they lived all alone in the night,
0: in the dark.) My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from The Haunting of Hill House distributed by Netflix 2018. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions.